theology's handmaid is philosophy, and in natural sciences, philosophy is the queen. Um, but as soon as we enter the supernatural domain, that queen becomes a handmaid, and she serves the 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 higher queen, uh, namely theology. When you when so therefore, if you've got philosophy, you've got your logic, you've got your metaphysics. And um, you've got, uh, and then when you add the theology to it, you have divine revelation uh, mm. explained in sort of a rational uh, way, and therefore you have all the tools you need, both uh, of faith and reason, to stand in judgment over the other sciences as well as the arts. In fact, to stand over every human endeavor. That was the medi- great medieval synthesis. That's how the medievals and, and uh, people in all the ages of faith looked at the world. But with the, with the Enlightenment, uh, the, there, was a, there was this exaltation of the sciences. And Descartes was one of the great villains here. It, it, was, it was a Catholic. He was a practicing Catholic. But he was, he was one of the great villains in intellectual history here who... Um, robbed us of our, robbed the sciences of their necessary physical uh, metaphysical foundation. As soon as you divorce metaphysics from the empirical sciences, you end up with all of the tomfoolery we've gotten ourselves into uh, in recent decades. And I mean, I, w- I would I would say easily in the last hundred years, and, and going back even before that, a lot of these silly theories come from the nineteenth century. When the Enlightenment, you know, when a certain amount of scientific discovery coupled with Enlightenment ideology gave us things like evolution. Now, brother, can can you in, uh, inform the audience uh, a little bit about who Wolfgang Smith is? I never heard of him until I read your piece. I went to Catholicism.org last night during the, right, right before the, shan- the uh, State of the Union to see what uh, what we might talk about today, and that's where I saw your um, uh, your very excited piece about Rick Delano's upcoming movie about Wolfgang Smith. So yeah. Then, so then I wrote to my friend uh, and frequent guest Robert Sengenis, Doctor Sengenis, because I lost Rick's contact info, but I have, I interviewed him a half a dozen times about the movie The Principal. So uh, to get in touch with Rick, so I could get him on and, and talk about. So who is this? Who is Wolfgang Smith? Well, actually, to to, to all those who who uh, ordered the uh, the um, Hugh Owen's latest thing, the, the the DVD set, Foundations Restored. Yes, he's <clears throat> interviewed in that, so you'll get a little bit of a taste of Wolfgang Smith in there. I haven't seen it yet, but I know that he's interviewed. Um, uh, so he's there. Um, in addition to uh, the, the the documentary that Rick Delano himself made, so Rick made a documentary on Wolfgang Smith. Um, Wolfgang Smith is a guy who put back together what I said was inseparable in the first place, and that's what caused all these problems was when they separated them. Wolfgang Smith was he's a he's a, a living Catholic uh, thinker, author, uh, physicist, mathematician, and philosopher, and I don't. Throw out those names lightly, okay? This this guy's a towering intellect. He's a German uh, who arrived in this country as a teenager. Uh, I couldn't give you the exact years, uh, but it was maybe sometime in the 40s. Perhaps they fled Hitler. I can't. I, I cannot recall at this time. But he was uh, he was a Catholic from his youth, brought up in a Catholic family. The he comes here as a teenager. 
He was so bright that when they arrived, he didn't know any English. But by the time he was 18 years old, he managed to graduate with a double major from Cornell University. <laughs> and uh, I think it was math and physics. Uh, no, no, it was math and philosophy or physics and philosophy, one or the other. But then he goes on to get uh, uh, upper level degrees, ends up getting a, a PhD, this time, in, I believe, in physics. But strangely, but because of his lack of zeal for um, the the fads in modern physics, his career was really as a math professor. But okay, so uh, completely distinct from his actual academic career and his academic uh, uh, f formation throughout his um, undergraduate, postgraduate, and the doctoral, you know, uh, studies, he also had this sincere quest for wisdom which unfortunately led him to, 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 to bad pastures at one point because it led him out of the church and he sought wisdom in the Himalayas, quite literally. He went to India, he went to talk to all these gurus, he, he imbibed the spirit of Hinduism and all this pantheistic stuff. But in I, what, what appears to have been a, a genuinely sincere quest for wisdom, and I think that the sincerity of it is provable because it led him back into the church, he came back to this country somewhat disillusioned over the fact that the, these these brilliant Hindu gurus that he was going to see, um, none of them had a satisfactory explanation for what happens to you after you die. And he didn't like this idea of nirvana being just annihilation and, and you lose your individuality, your individualism. And so um, something in him was repulsed by this sort of pantheism. So he comes back to the United States uh, still with some respect for what he had learned from these folks. Okay. And um, <laughs> at a certain point, he meets the woman who would become his wife, who, thank God, was a pious Catholic and brought him back to his mind and to his senses and to his faith. And so he returned to the faith and <clears throat> but maintains his quest for wisdom and found it there. And, he, and then he decided that he was going to take some serious time to study philosophy. So he studied Plato. He studied Aristotle. He, he read, studied them in the primary sources. He studied St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh, this man took what was, a, what was already a sort of um, deeply formed and well-practiced habit of study. And we're talking deep study here. I mean, one of the funny stories about his childhood is that his mother called him to, to eat she said, you know, it's time for dinner, Wolfgang. And um, he says, no, mother, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> he was in his room all alone, just thinking. thinking. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 how many kids do that? I mean, precocious isn't quite the word for that. Uh, uh, um, it, it, is, it is truly impressive that he, that he could – um, become so uh, cultivate this habit of deep thought early on. So he took that mind with again the the now the formal academic um, formation uh, in his um, college and graduate studies, and then he plows into philosophy with great vigor, and ends up being completely converted to Philosophia Perennis, being completely converted to Aristotelian Thomistic 
uh, metaphysics. And when I say converted, you know, you, you know, Mike, that that's a serious thing. I know obviously it's not the, the same as a religious conversion, but it's a philosophical conversion. It's an intellectual conversion to a proper way of thinking. Brother, and it's brother we described that on Twitter as hashtag life ruined. <laughs> because everything you knew before is gone and you won't be able to look at anything. Uh, and this is a good thing. You want yeah, it's, it's a blessed ruination. Oh, it's a total. It's a demolition. Is, uh, all, all, all that you're ruining is nonsense. It's like going. To That's right. All you have to lose is your sins. You know, it's yeah. a good thing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is a demolition of false teaching and of a false, uh, um, uh, just a, a bad philosophy. The Enlightenment, modernism, the whole thing, and even before that. So, so yeah, because of the because of this because of his then newly acquired um, habitus of of uh, metaphysics and and philosophical inquiry, 